Our guests today are Scott Cum and Adelita Cum, and they're with the General Tommy Franks Museum and Leadership Institute out of Hobart. We're looking forward to a great show today, especially with uh, Memorial Day coming up uh, uh, on Monday. So let's start first with Scott. He's with the museum portion, and uh, Scott, thanks for being on the program today. And uh, let's give folks uh, a little information about the museum. They probably have heard about it or know about it, but uh, we'd like to get a few more details. Sure. Hi, my name's Scott, museum manager. Okay, we're a um, 9,000 square foot museum in downtown uh, Hobart dedicated to a retired Army four-star general named uh, Tommy Franks. Um, it houses a pretty large collection of memorabilia belonging to him, and the, basically the museum set up, it goes through his whole childhood life, where he grew up in Winniewood through Midland, and then we have a section on his uh, military service from the Cold War, Vietnam, and a really nice 9-11 display. And we even have a 3,000-pound, 14-foot I-beam from Tower 2 of the World Trade Center on display in the museum. And it is a free museum, um, kind of open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5. And uh, whoever wants to come on down, we'll give you guys guided tours uh, of the museum. I guess you get a lot of school groups to come down. Yes, we do. We get that. A lot of veterans groups, um, we're close because we're in Hobart. Uh, Altus is, oh, 45 minutes away, so we get a lot of uh, Air Force guys. I'm retired Air Force myself. Um, Thanks for your service. Here. Oh, thank you. And we get a lot of um, soldiers also from Fort Sill, so we're in a pretty good location. So, so talk about why uh, Tommy Franks from Winniewood, his museum, <laughs> ends up in Hobart. I know that's probably the number one question you guys get asked all the time. Yes, it always is, and I always joke around, well, my answer is when a four-star general says, this is where my museum's going, it's like, yes, sir, this is where my museum's going. Uh, it's a cool backstory. What it is, is he's, like I said, originally from Winniewood, Oklahoma, raised in Midland, Texas, but his wife, Kathy, is originally from this area, and what it is, is his wife, Kathy, inherited a cattle ranch from her grandfather. Um, it's outside of a little town called Roosevelt, it's just mm -hmm. down the street from us, basically. Yep. Um, that brought them back up, or they're retired, living in around Tampa, Florida area, where Central Command is. And when um, her grandfather passed away, he had to, I guess, the reading of the will, she inherited the cattle ranch. So that's what brought them back up here. Um, it's about a thousand acre ranch. Um, they raised buffalo and longhorn cattle. And to get back to the town his wife was from, he decided to put his museum here. Um, the town had these old buildings that were just empty like a lot of small towns do, unfortunately. And um, he took them over and put in a pretty nice museum. Like I said, it's 9,000 square feet and then houses a large collection of uh, personal items and a lot of military stuff. Yeah, uh, so just a small just a small portion of the acreage down there, obviously, right? Yes, yeah. Um, well, it's, it's like I said, it was like four buildings or so, mm -hmm. three or four buildings just empty together. And they just uh, combined them and made it into a museum. So, how long has it been around, and how long did it take to make the transition and uh, and get the get the museum open? That part, uh, I wasn't with the museum originally. Okay. We've been here for almost ten years now. Um, I did come back up. I'm originally from <laughs> upstate New York, which is the Adelita, my wife, who works here. When I retired, I came back here. I was here for the grand opening. Like I said, it's been over ten years. I don't have the exact date in my head. Um, and it took them, uh, I would say, almost like a year to get everything situated. But we've been up and running pretty strong for now for over 10 years. So I guess, uh, do you still get artifacts and things and collectibles that you're able to uh, to put on display? 
Yes, we, and I was going to say, we constantly, so um, when I tell people and I give them tours, I would say 98% of everything in here belongs to General Franks personally. But, um, for example, the Vietnam section has gotten huge. We get a lot of guys that come through, Vietnam vets, and they come back and they give us sea rats from 1968. We've gotten, like, uh, guns from Vietnam from veterans who brought stuff in. Uh, coolest thing is we didn't have a piece of the Berlin Wall. We made one ourselves to scale, and this was pretty cool. I had a German national. She married a GI. They lived in Tulsa. They came down one day for a tour, and she had her thick German accent and showed her that Cold War section. And I said, we don't have a piece. She goes, oh, would you like one? And she came back the next day with a piece of the uh, Berlin Wall for us. All the way from Tulsa. How about that? All the way from Tulsa. I was, was quite yeah. impressed. She was, well, I think she was impressed that she wanted to show off what she did. And she was. She was a teenager out there with a pickaxe mm-hmm. um, taking down the Berlin Wall. So we have some pretty cool stories. And same thing, the 9-11. I mean, we didn't expect it. We ended up getting a 9,000, I'm sorry, a 3,000 uh, pound, 14-foot uh, long I-beam from Tower 2 of the World Trade Center on display. And even a piece of the Pentagon when it was damaged and rebuilt. So we well, have some pretty cool artifacts. Talk about it. the logistics of that uh, that beam <laughs> in there. Uh, well, that was pretty wild. A <laughs> Colonel Hayes, who was kind of General Franks' right-hand man, as I call it, said that, um, oh, I guess JFK Airport won one of their hangars back after all this time. This was back in 2015 and we're going to apply for a piece. And he said it might just be a small piece. And just like everything else, it take him a while to do the paperwork. And then, like, the next day he comes in and joke around and goes, well, it's on its way. It's 3,000 pounds and 14 foot long, and a trucking company in New York City even volunteered to drive it all the way here for us. And you thought he was kidding, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, at first, yeah, about yeah. the size and stuff. But uh, <laughs> we had a nice little display. We when it got to Oklahoma and stopped at a couple fire stations and made it down to... Uh, Clinton to the VA hospital, and we stored it for a year and built an entire section, so we have a nice, huge section. Um, General Frey's background, the reason we have it is, uh, as I say, his claim to fame. He was the commander-in-chief of all the forces that originally went into Afghanistan and Iraq right after 9-11. And uh, he's an artillery officer by trade. He did start his career way back in Vietnam, but if you want to say he claim to fame he was the original commander of the Afghan war. Right, and I'm sure there's a lot of National Guard soldiers right here in Oklahoma that uh, maybe not have had direct con- contact with him uh, in Afghanistan, but I'm sure uh, served under his leadership. Yes, and we know we, we do get quite, I mean, he was he's a very nice guy, very down-to-earth for mm-hmm. four-star generals, I like to say. Um, no, we have a lot of them come in and say, hey, I remember meeting him or at a USO show or him just going around to the different post. Um, he was very accessible to people and stuff like that. So we do get a lot of GIs and stuff that come through here. I met him, you know, here in Afghanistan, or I met him in Iraq, or you know, I did two tours underneath him here and here. Um, so, yeah, he's still, you know, very well-liked and stuff after all these years. So you say uh, he, I'm sorry, go ahead. So he, okay. comes, he comes back from time to time? Um, yes, like I said, the ranch is just down the road. Um, we haven't, now to admit, like everybody else, we didn't see him for almost a year. Right, yeah. Uh, due to COVID. Uh, we did a lot of the Zooms, like everybody was doing. Um, but uh, here recently, he's been showing back up. We just did our celebration of freedom. We got to see him. Um, so talk about, the, talk about the celebration a little bit. 
Okay, um, it's called the Celebration of Freedom. It's like our main fundraiser, but also we do a lot of things downtown at the time. So we kind of take over the town. Um, like I said, it's a small town of 3,000 people or so. So as part of it, we do a silent auction to raise money for the museum. But we also downtown let other people put up food booths and they can make their own money for their own like fundraisers and stuff. We have a parade, uh, bands and things like that, and just a little your, your downtown basic uh, parade setup and, and things on that day. We've been doing it for almost 10 years now, and then the main thing for us is we have a silent auction, and it helps us raise money. We're a nonprofit organization. So this Celebration of Freedom happens the same time every year, your fundraiser? Uh, yes. We, uh, like I said, we just got done when it was done over, I guess you would say, Armed Forces Week. Okay. All right. All right. And so um, I'm sure you get a, had a great turnout. hope the weather was good. Oh, yes. It wasn't bad at all. The rain stayed out and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice little thing we do for um, for all day Saturday, uh, and Friday mostly for the silent auction setup. So you have like a board of directors that kind of oversees the operation and all that, right? Yes, we do. Uh, made up of uh, a lot of the local uh, people around here, the bankers and a few lawyers, and some of the prominent people in town sit on our board. Talk about your website. Uh, <laughs> I might have to turn that over to Adelaide okay. on the website part of it. All right. We can uh, do that. We'll yeah, talk to her they, a little they, bit. They, they just stick me in. I just take care of, like, giving tours, <laughs> taking care of the museum side of it. Some of the technical stuff is there. Um, the other part I will talk about that I do have control over and stuff to point because I went out and it was our uh, road show. I can mention that. Yeah, that's been a chicken yeah. shay. I remember that uh, a couple of years ago, I guess. Yes, yes. It's a 60-foot trailer that we um, take all over, and it usually has a driver and an educator, and I've gone out with it a lot of times. Um, small representation of mostly the Middle East. So we take it to any school that calls us up free of charge. It's on our dime. Uh, we open up, set up, and let kids go through. And um, like I said, a uh, driver drives it, and the educator you know, points out some of the artifacts and talks about Jennifer Flanks like I'm doing now. And we've taken this thing everywhere. It's been all over Oklahoma, all over Texas. We've taken it to Arkansas, Kansas. And even one trip all the way to New Mexico. Very uh, nice. Yes. So anybody listeners out there are curious, just and we're going to Tennessee, believe it or not, in September wow. with it. Um, we also doesn't have to be schools if an organization wants it. Um, you know, like a library or even some org- group. Um, I guess it ended up in Chickasha for the. Um, yeah, the DAV oh, headquarters here. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, okay, you call up. That one there, we asked for a little donation for the gas part of it, and we set it up and let people walk through it and check it out. And you're there uh, for uh, half a day, a couple hours, or it just kind of depends? or It all depends. Uh, it really does. Whatever you guys need. Mostly schools is like a day. If it's a, a close one, a day trip and back. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we plan it out where... We're going to have to go up near Tulsa. We'll take it up there to, you know, two or three schools. We can get that along, keep it out for a couple of days and stuff. So we do day trips. We do a couple day trips. Um, the one in Kansas, we took it there for like three days and stayed up there with it and stuff, set it up and let people go through it. It's pretty cool. And like I said, it's um, you learn a lot about General Franks by taking this out on the road. What type of what type of artifacts do you have in the in the uh, roadshow? Ninety percent of it's all from the Middle East. Being he was the commander in chief of all the forces, originally went in Afghanistan and Iraq, like I said. 
So uh, we have a lot of artifacts and things are given to them. So it does have one of those uniforms, picture Jennifer Frank, so you can learn about them. But um, it has a lot of swords and jewelry and other artifacts, some um, like Afghanistan, Iraq. Uh, there's a whole section uh, from Egypt, um, the Middle East, all those kind of areas over there, uh, even some of Africa. Um, when he went around before 9-11, um, President Bush kind of sent him out more of a diplomat. So he went all over the Middle East area he was in charge of. And every time we meet one of the world leaders, they would give him a, a gift. And we have a whole warehouse of this kind of artifacts. So we, we put it into the road show. Just kind of educate kids around here and stuff that might not know a lot about the Middle East and you get to see some pretty cool um, artifacts and set up. A lot of stuff from Jordan. Him and the King of Jordan are very close friends. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing how long it's been since... Uh... Uh, the, all the hostilities uh, in the Middle East have occurred, and we're getting uh, youngsters coming through high school now that, you know, it's it's really history for them. Uh, yes, yes, and we've been over there a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess the craziest thing is I served there in uh, Storm Desert Shield, and I have a son in the Navy now, and he was just over there over a year ago. Wow. And yeah. his aircraft carrier was, um, I have to admit, it was bombing Iraq and stuff like that, so... Here's the second generation, same time, you know, same war, same area. Right. So um, I'm guessing uh, this brings back, it, and it, it helps uh, some of the veterans uh, kind of unite with their with their brethren and uh, brothers and sisters that the uh, that they were with over there. And oh uh, yes, yes. Like I said, um, uh, a lot of Vietnam veterans around here and stuff. Just that time period. Um, you know, they like the Vietnam section. Like I said, we've had so many of them just come back and, and give us items and, and artifacts to put in there. We have a whole section on the Cold War, you know, when he served. Um, and, yes, it's just, you know, I love listening to the guys' stories and women that come through and say, yeah, I met this, oh, yeah, I served over here in Germany. Yeah, I was in Vietnam at that time period. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it helps them to bring back a lot of memories, and they really enjoy the museum. I always would say 90% of the people that come through the museum are um, veterans. Um, uh, mostly Vietnam time mm -hmm. period. All right. uh, days of operation and hours. Oh, yes. We are open Monday through Saturday, um, 10 to 5. Uh, we are closed from 12 to 1 for lunch, but that can be worked around and stuff. There's times I've like stayed through lunch, so if somebody had to come at their lunch period, we just stay open. Um, right for a better word, we're just like, I call it a little mom-pop museum. Uh-huh. Um, just as only a couple of us run the place, but there's no problem with that at all. Um, Saturdays is pretty busy because of the weekend. So if you had to come down at, couldn't get here until like 1130, I'll keep it open through lunch. Um, same thing, I've closed it up at 5, but I've stayed here to 530, sometimes 6, and some people can't get in late. Now you open on holidays too, or just, uh... Um, we are closed, just a couple of the big ones. We are closed like Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day, of course, and New Year's. Um, but open for like Memorial Day and Veterans Day. and uh, We're open Veterans Day just for a week. We're closed on Memorial Day because we used to do our Celebration of Freedom that week, uh -huh. and then we'd have that Monday off. Um, and sometimes I've reopened it. A lot of times on Memorial Day, our little town does do Memorial Celebration. Being a veteran myself, I right. used to go, I'd go out to the, the Celebration. So now Memorial Day is one too, but this is the main ones: New Year's, um, like the Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. But that weekend, you know, if Thanksgiving falls on a Thursday. We're open that open next Friday, Friday and, and Saturday, Saturday the day after. Go. 
All right. Yeah. All right. Well, Scott, thanks for your time talking about the General Tommy Franks Museum. Why don't you hand the phone over to Adelita, who's been uh, waiting patiently for (laughs) her turn this morning. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, leadership uh, group, leadership program uh, that's available, which is very exciting. And uh, so we want to say good morning to Adelita. Yes, I'll give you the phone. I'll let you talk to the brains of the outfit (laughs) There you go. That's a good deal. All right. Thanks a lot. Scott, come with the... uh, General Tommy Franks Museum, and now Adelita comes going to talk about the Leadership Institute. So, good morning, Adelita. Good morning. Thanks for uh, coming on the program. So, uh, let's talk about the Leadership Institute a little bit and uh, what it is and how people can uh, take part. Great. It's called Four Star Leadership with General Tommy Franks, and it is a yearly program that we hold in conjunction with Oklahoma Christian University there in um, North Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. We have 70 of the top high school students um, in the United States and from around the world. We always have two students from the King's Academy in Jordan. The King of Jordan is a really good friend of, of General Franks's, so he always sends two of his students. And then we have other students that just apply through our uh, our website, which is um, com. And they stay at Oklahoma Christian for about a week, and we have different speakers that come and, and talk to them about the four cores, General Franks's four cores of leadership, which is communication, caring, common vision, and character. And each day we have a speaker that speaks on one of those topics. And, of course, they also get to uh, listen to General Franks during a, a dinner that we usually have at the Capitol. They tour the Capitol building. We tour uh, the Oklahoma Memorial. And then they have one day where they come down to Hobart and tour the museum and the, and the road show. So do you have these uh, frequently throughout the year? No. This, this one, the four-star leadership, is just once a year. Okay. It's just in, in July. And... Um, it's about a it's about a three thousand dollar value for students, but it is an absolutely free program that we have every year, you know, for the top students, and we give away about thirty five thousand dollars in scholarships for because most of the time the, the students that come are juniors, and we give them college scholarships. That's great. So, how does all the funding for this uh, come about? We happily accept donations. Sure. <laughs> yes, we general of course General Franks has got lots of, of friends that support mm-hmm. our our mission. They donate to the museum and to the four star program. Um, we fill out applications for grants, any kind of education funding grants. But it's it's all through grants and donations. What a great thing for a high school kid to have on their resume. Oh yes, absolutely. We've got several past students that, that attended that are now, you know, at West Point or Annapolis or have graduated from there. We have, you know, some that's an assistant DA in Texas. We have uh, one of the former students was working in for a presidential campaign. Um, I won't tell you which one, <laughs> but, we, you know, we have, they're all very successful students, you- and it's, they always um, say what a difference they that it made for them to go to four star. Does you know, the student 
does a student have to want to get into the military to uh, apply or anything like that? Or? No, no, not at all. It's, it's just um, General Franks has always said that leaders are not born. You know, they're, you know, they learn to be leaders, and he wants, he wants the students that are interested in, in leadership to attend this and learn how to be leaders, whether, and they listen to, um, you know, representatives or uh, athletes, and General Franks, and it's just people that have done well for themselves, whether it's in athletics or in business or in politics, you know, because it's leaders, all different kinds of leaders. Let's talk about how uh, the youngsters can uh, uh, get applications, get them at their school or through the institute, or how do they, how can they apply? They can go through the website, which is fourstarleader.com. Okay. They can go to the museum website, which is um, tommyfranksmuseum.org, and there's a link on there. They could call. They could call us. It's um, 580-726-5900. Of course, you know, applications are closed for this summer because we've already, we've already picked the students that are going to be attending this summer, but we do this every year. So when do when would you? I guess they can go ahead and apply for maybe next year. Applications will be open for next year in August. In, in August, okay, all right. And how many students typically go through the program each year? Seventy. Seventy. Okay, so that's a good group. Yes, yes, and actually, this year we've had a few students from states that we've never, never had students from before. So I believe that we've had students from forty-eight of the 50 states, and we actually have had Alaska and Hawaii students, and we've ha- had students from Guam, from um, Germany, France, just uh, all kinds of, all over the world. Right, and uh, and you've been doing the, the, the Leadership Institute for how long? This this summer, I believe, will be our 12th year. Our 12th, 12th year, wow, wow, what a, what a great uh opportunity for uh, young men and women to uh, uh, to get through this so um, it, it really is a great opportunity and it's it's totally free we pay for their traveling from their home home state or their home country to Oklahoma City their meals are paid for their lodging is taken care of the only thing that they have to spend money on is if they want souvenirs while they're here so what's the vetting process on selecting uh, the participants well, we typically have, you know, between three and 500 applicants wow. um, each, each year. Our program manager will go through the applications. Our executive director will go through the applications. There's questions on there about, you know, what makes you a good leader? What have, what have you done, you know, that, that shows your leadership? So they go through all of the applications. They'll pick up the top, like, 120 applicants. And then there's a, a team of four people that go through those 120 applicants to pick the final 70. And then we also pick about 10 alternates just because sometimes a student that we pick can't make it. So we always want to have an alternate that's available to take their spot. Right. Uh, and when do, when are their students notified uh, typically uh, that they're going to be that they've been accepted to the to the course? They're typically notified the first week of May. All right. 
So there's going to be a lot of youth experiencing a, a great summer up at uh, OCU in Edmond here in, a, in just a few short weeks. Absolutely, and you can always check out our, our Facebook page, oh, good. General okay. Tommy Franks uh, Leadership Institute and Museum. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we also have a YouTube page. Very nice. So do they have like a final uh, ceremony or exercise or anything that they, they do after completion of the program? Yes. On Thursday evening, we have a banquet where the um, two, two of the scholarships that we give away are for a speech, you know, a first and second place speech. So those two speeches are given during the banquet, and then all of the scholarships won are awarded during the banquet. Banquet tickets are available. You know, if anybody wants to get a really good feeling about where this country is going and the hands that it's going to be in, these students are absolutely amazing. And listening to their speeches, it just it floors me every year. I, I'm, this will be my sixth year that I've been involved in Four Star, and every year I'm like, wow, these students are amazing. Really get a good feeling for the future when you listen to these students. The banquet's open to the public? Yes, it is. Sounds great. Adelina, thanks for your time this morning. We really appreciate it, and uh, Scott as well. All right, thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it.